Hello everyone, I am Stephen Drew from the Architecture Social and it is nearly Christmas, so I've got my Christmas um, t-shirt on, which says it's the time to be sleeping, but we've got more important things because there's no point us sleeping now because there's something happening in the world of architecture. Is it this world? Is it another world? Who knows? But we'll try and get to the bottom of it and we'll try and learn something together. I'm talking about the world of NFTs, or the metaverse. I'm talking about uh, what you might have been hearing on social media, what you hear a lot of people have divisive opinions of. Some people saying, what a load of rubbish. How are people going, this is the future? You're going to miss out. Oh, we will talk all about that today. And I am joined by an architect of the metaverse. Someone that knows more than me. And that is the whole point, because we can learn together. So I'm joined by the fabulous Fatima Monfarid. How are you today, Fatima? Are you okay? Thank you. I'm great. It's a beautiful oh. sunny day here in Madrid, so it, I'm doing great. You're in Madrid? Oh my gosh, yeah. We're, this is like deep southeast Lucia. I'm, I'm going to be going to Wales next week. But I tell you what, I didn't know how to introduce NFTs. And But what I will say before we jump into it, for the last two weeks, I have been going down that rabbit hole of research, that like mad world you know, and it's been really, really interesting. But for anyone that is not familiar with yourself first, you want to tell us a bit about yourself and then we can talk about NFTs and stuff. Awesome. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm an architect. I did. Yep. My, I got my master's degree here in Madrid. Um, yep. Soon after uh, I started getting, I started working in the, in the NFT and metaverse space. And, yeah, basically, it, it all just started with a friend of mine coming to me and saying, hey, well, uh, I have a guild, which we'll get into later. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and he's like, well, we need to design the headquarters of, uh, of our business in the metaverse. And do you want to do it? And I'm like, definitely. Yes. So cool. <laughs> so it started from there. And here I am. Well done. Good for you. That's awesome. Now, I, I used to be... You mentioned guilds there. So I, I played World of Warcraft when I was like 18 for years and years and years. Now that is a video game where you can be involved, but the video game designers actually design it. Now, my understanding with the metaverse, it's very, very different. So there's one that I've been following called Decentraland. I don't know. I mean, it's very interesting yeah. and people can go on it on their browser and they can go on to central land and they can browse around. But I'm going to be honest, the graphics <laughs> compared to the games, even though I was playing years ago, not the best, but that's not, not the, the point. But that's not the point really, is it? And it's very early on. But so what metaverse is your friend on about where this guild should be? Just out of curiosity. Well, the guild is investing on different projects that are that have their own different metaverses, but their headquarters is in the central land. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so it is yeah, the central land. It is in the central land. Oh wow. Okay, cool. So for anyone listening, you should totally check out the central land and you can say you can see a bit what we're talking about. Now, okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Because it reminds me 
these kind of things a bit like do you remember the second life it was a big thing everyone yeah. talked about it it reminds me slightly of that but there's a big difference in Decentraland because and we got to go slow here because I'm afraid I might blow people's brains out because it is confusing at first but Decentralized Decentraland well it's a bit like a game mm -hmm. in, in terms of how you use it and you can walk around and talk to people there's yeah. a big difference that it's all kind of connected to the crypto blockchain right mm -hmm. so Decentraland is like a, a, a an interpretation or it's like a platform people can use which you where you can actually which is all attached to Bitcoin. So everything on Decentraland has value. Is that a good slight intro to it? Is that how you describe Decentraland? I would say that the most, I mean, it was really good, but I would say that the most important <laughs> thing about it is not, is not really like the crypto and making money side of it, but it's the no. blockchain that makes it decentralized. That's why right. it's called Decentraland. And I think the blockchain is the technology that allows for all of these projects to be decentralized. And that's the cool thing about it. And obviously being decentralized and being on the blockchain, you, it's also related to cryptocurrency and you can make money on it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why, and thank you for that. That's why you're the expert and that's why we're having the conversation, right? Because I'm always okay. learning. I've got like an audio book right now and I'm, I'm kind of learning about it as well. That's so pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, and then I listen to it on the way to work. I get really excited. So I'm all pumped up. But um, so when we're talking about the central land, the crazy thing about this space is that in this online space that's just one interpretation of the metaverse that's just one interpretation of it there's loads of these metaverses and metaverses are i don't even there's like is it like one vehicle one interpretation that's just like one metaverse right and there's a few things which you know we're talking about the blockchain uh, and there's different blockchains as well but then as well as the metaverses, you have you have the actual cryptocurrencies, but they're separate to that. And the bit that I'm interested in as well, you have NFTs. <laughs> so, what in is your because you've researched this more than me? How what would you say is the difference between an NFT and a metaverse, or are they connected? I think they're they're connected. So uh, right. as you said, you have the blockchain, which is the technology. And on this yes. uh, blockchain, the metaverse is built, which I would say is like a parallel virtual world. Let's right. just like live it like in this wide definition. Yeah. And then uh, in, inside the metaverse, you can have assets. And yeah. those assets are NFTs. And in order yeah. to purchase those assets or make any other purchases within the space, you use cryptocurrency, which is the currency which which you do transactions. So I think that yeah. kind of like, you know, connects all of them together. I think you're right. And so when you go into NFTs and people are listening to you and going, Steve, you're a terrible host. You're not explaining what NFTs are. So they're non-fungible tokens. Yeah. Okay. That is the definition. And they've been around for a while, NFTs. It's just now it's, it's not quite mainstream, but we're starting to hear them more. And so a bit like you can get different metaverses, you get different interpretation of non-fungible tokens. And so 
at the moment, one of the big famous cases, isn't it? Is that, so there's a digital artist called Beeple. I quite like his work, but Beeple sold all of his art as NFTs um, for like 66 million, millions, million, 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 million. So there's, 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 uh, that was interesting because that's boomed. And I tell you what, and we'll laugh for a second because there's a, uh, ones I quite like a crypto punk because they look quite cool. And it's like 10,000 images, right, of mm-hmm. crypto punks. And they look like very bit, um, they're all pixel art. And I love that from gay men. Um, I wish I knew about them because I would love to buy one. But if you bought one in January for like $300, now it's worth $200,000, right? They've kind of bl- yeah, at least. Boomed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so there's a lot in this crazy space. But, and I think one of the ways that we can kind of explain it to our listeners is maybe going into a bit more of that journey of how you got into the space. So, so after your friend mentioned about the guild and you kind of like, what are you on about with this Decentraland? Do you want to tell me a bit about your journey and what you've been up to and what you've been learning? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I got into it without not knowing much of what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I knew about NFTs before I, I, I started designing the space. I knew about people and I thought that was really cool. I mean, like, uh, I was reading this article the other day that um, Beeple was selling his work before he got into NFTs for like $100. Yeah, and I thought crazy. that was really crazy. I mean, like, um, and I've been talking to artists about how art galleries tend to, like, take um, take so much advantage of the artists with their commissions and taxes. And overall, they, they earn, like, a really small percentage of the sale price of the work that they have done or that they have right. created. So I think that that's really interesting. And that's why there's a lot of artists coming into the space because that's that's kind of like taking out the middleman and them they finally taking power over their work. So yeah, they, have, yeah. they have the deciding power over it. And that's really cool. And you yeah. have these royalties. So for example, when you put an NFT to sell, um, you're, you're putting the price to sell it for, but you also have the royalties, which means that every time it's being resold, a percentage of that comes to you as well. And you can, mm. you can have a percentage between 10 to 20% of that. So let's say that you sell your art for $100 um, as an NFT. And then in a few months, it's being sold for $1,000. Um, you're still getting a percentage of that. Yeah. And that goes well, on I mean, forever because it's on the blockchain, you know. And it's, that's really It's cool. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Because even now I'm looking, there's so many as well NFTs out there. And it's really interesting what has value so what there's what's really interesting for anyone that's listening going what the heck are they on about um go to a website called OpenSea. so OpenSea is a marketplace isn't it and you can start to see all that and there's different ones it's like rareable and um and maybe you can tell me a few but it's like one's called foundation is that right yeah i think you can can like categorize them into two different marketplaces ones that are open so like anyone could sell their work and then there are others that are curated so they're specifically for artists and you would have to apply to be an artist that that sells on their platform and OpenSea is one that's open wearable is is another one uh mintable and then there is foundation maker's place or non-origin which um we could send the links at the bottom of the description for them as well and okay. I think they're they're really cool um, marketplaces. I mean, each one of them has their own specific things. And what, what's really more important than all of this is 
on what blockchain they are because another issue within the nft space is uh gas fees yes and we can go into that a bit if you want yes please feel free to jump in but basically my understanding is so when you want to mint something and so mint is the term for making something so if you want to register something on the blockchain you have to pay the gas price right and the gas price is how much it costs to do and all this stuff and then that's basically how much the currency you have to spend on it so the big so and you tell me from right but ethereum is really in terms of the nft space the primary cryptocurrency used there are a few others but that one's the trendy one that's the one that is open 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 sea supports that's the one that most people use is that right yeah, so um, let me just like get back to it. So um, okay. you have two different types of blockchains. You have ones that work on a proof of stake and you have ones that work on a proof of work. This just means that um, there are some of them that use computational power to approve transactions. That's how the blockchain is sustained. And yeah. there are others that use um, a staking method where you have to stake the coins and, and that's a lot more sustainable. So you don't need to use all of the energy of these computers being uh, running and um, all the time, constantly. Yeah. So that's that's a lot more sustainable. Ethereum is is currently a proof of work. So that's why gas fees, um, if you're minting uh, on the Ethereum blockchain, are really, really high. Right. But you have uh, other blockchains that are, are proof of stake and minting on them is still very sustainable. Like the prices are a lot lower. And OpenSea uh, offers the option of Ethereum or Polygon, and Polygon is a currency that is uh, a proof of stake. So, gas fees. Oh, there. Okay. Is that what the purple one is on OpenSea as opposed exactly. to the. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm learning then because I was like, what's the purple Ethereum? Which is totally wrong. But you know, when you're like, I'm like, two, I'm two weeks into this journey, you've been months on. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning wise wisdom from that. And um, yeah, because there's a, f- there's a few things. So, and I'll be really, and we're all about being honest on here, right? So I have a really good colleague who sh- showed me a joke about NFTs and I was kind of laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy that, you know, people are paying a lot of money for um for something which can be copied. And that was the joke at first. But when I went into it, I almost don't agree with that because I, by nature, have this thing where as a kid, I would collect things. I would collect the Pokemon cards, you know. I would, yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, I opened up and I grew up and my parents always supported me, but I, I wasn't, we didn't have lots of money. So once a week, I could buy. Um, Pokemon cards, right? And one day I opened my pack and I had the shiny Charizard, which was like worth so much. And I opened it, I was like, ah, shaking my hand, you know, like, ah, oh my gosh, I got a Charizard. All my friends are like, oh my God, he's rich, kind of thing. And it's probably yeah. worth like a hundred pounds then. But I remember that feeling of like, I have a shiny Charizard and I wouldn't give it to anyone. Not like I would, sh- well, when I say like, because it was all trading the cards, right? Yeah. And I, I, would, I wouldn't do, give it to it. I was like, no way. And, and, and then I managed to collect the free big one. So I really understand on one side of me, I can laugh about it because they hit, because uh, what people who don't believe into it is like, well, why pay 
a hundred thousand pounds for people's image when you can copy and paste him. And that's true. But then on the other hand of the scale is that there's only one of the well, it can be one or it can be lots of additions. But if someone's made or one of one version of a painting and you buy it, then on the on the you own it in the NFT space. So there's there's two sides of the coin, right? So you it depends on what people believe and how they feel about it. So you could still argue that it can be replicated by everyone, but then at the same time, like I feel, is that there's only really one true owner. I mean, how do you feel about that divisive um opinion on NFTs? I think it's such an invalid opinion. I think it has no basis. Ooh. Honestly, Ooh. I, 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 I'm, I'm like really tired of hearing this opinion. And it's just like, well, it's with any other painting. I mean, you see a Picasso in a museum and I could go and replicate it tomorrow. Um, what's there to say that the value of that Picasso is the value it has, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think that yeah. it's the same with any kind of art. And what's what this is doing is actually giving you the rights to it. And it's registered in a place so it's kind of like you have the the rights to the ownership of this specific, whether it's a piece of art or or a contract. Yeah. I've seen all sorts of things being minted into NFTs. I mean, contracts, uh, legal documents, um, art, whatever you want, like even variables that you can use inside the metaverse. So all of these things, it's just like legal rights to that thing. And a lot of people can replicate it and there is no way to stop them from replicating it. But the only way to give value to the actual artwork is to register it somehow, right? Mm. To, have, to have that value of it and, and being registered on the blockchain, I guess that's the best way to have that validation that this is a one-on-one designed yeah, by yeah. this person and it was registered on this date and it's mine now, you know? Well, I love your passion. I'll give you a, a round of applause. So for anyone choking <laughs> around about it. You hear the uh, Fatima is not impressed. You're not impressed here. You're not. You're not buying it. You're not buying it. And um, I yeah. kind of lean towards yourself because I I I think um, I think that yes, you can you can download the CryptoPunk and you can put it on your Twitter, mm -hmm. right? Of course you can. But there's one person that really owns it, and if you really want to look into it, someone can really find it. And that person, if they put it on their profile, in my head, it weighs a lot more than, um, you know, just the person that copied it, right? Mm -hmm. And and if it, I'm sure it's in, up for interpretation, but if I own the NFT and someone copies and pastes it, I don't care because yeah. you you kind of know that deep down you're you're the owner of it. Yeah, so. Sorry, but I, I mean, the point of those uh, CryptoPunk NFTs are not just to put it on your Twitter account. I mean, once you own it, then you're a part of a club. And the only way you can be a part of the club mm -hmm. is to actually own the NFT, not to put it on your profile on Twitter. So you can download it as many times as you want and put it on your profile on Twitter. Like I can make a replica of, of a Picasso and put it on my profile, but that doesn't mean I'm a part of a club of uh, really lucrative art collectors. But actually owning a real Picasso makes me part of a club of people who are owning it. And that's a privilege that you can't yeah. do by just downloading it. Well said. Right. I, I would keep putting the clap thing, but it's going to get, it's going to get, it's going to get, it's going to get, I'm going to get new, 
I go, I'll get a new sound for the next one. But let's follow on that point because that's where I'm interested in it. Um, and I'm kind of dabbling with it in my head on the architecture social because um, the architecture social is a few components. There's, and just so for you to know, Fatima, there's the online forum where it started from, but the website as well as being like an online directory of businesses, uh, in architecture companies jobs events so there's like this whole like job board this whole directory and a lot of it because of my background in recruitment that we touched upon when we spoke i've done recruitment for the last eight years a lot of the stuff that i do is helping people get jobs that's what i hope you know so you know how to get to your cv the portfolio and I kind of see that there could be something in the NFT space which really helps that, you know, or if, for instance, like when you said, you know, it's not just an image, perhaps maybe if someone owns an NFT, which is of, see now I roll out some NFTs and there's a certain amount to them, maybe they're membership tickets, right? Maybe yeah. they're some interpretation because the board ape yacht club which is quite a famous one they have exactly the same thing you're talking about right whereas if you own a board ape you could actually go to the um they did like a concert and it was free for everyone that has a board ape and you can turn up and you can go to it and also they have like a bathroom i don't know if you've heard about this but it's like an online bathroom and members can go and they can draw something on the wall every 15 minutes and that's kind of like an experience which is only shared for ticket holders so that opens up a lot of possibilities right i mean what do you think Definitely. I mean, I think that that's the whole point of it. It's not like yeah. literally just like, okay, I, I have this image, I put it as my profile, but it's it's just a new way uh, that society yeah. connects, I guess, you know, and I yeah. think that's going to be um, a really cool way to have that. And and I believe also in, in women in the space. I mean, we, we have so little women in the space and I'm always like trying really? to get, get more, uh, obviously. And, and um just like the support we have in the space as well and there was this collection that came out recently that i absolutely adore which is called woman rise nft and yeah, i think okay, that you know cool. being, like having that nft is not just owning the nft in itself but being a part of a group of other female entrepreneurs in the space or in any other space and that that you know that group that supports you to move forward and i think that you know that that is the most important thing about it not just having it on your profile pic on twitter or whatever it may be amazing fair play yeah. fair play i think i think you're right more, more more i well that's always there's always been a trend especially in the gaming world where unfortunately that there's less female people in the space but if we kind of if you're not familiar especially any female architects listening you should check out the space because it's such an exciting space and i agree we need it's a bit like actual architecture in the not metaverse the physical verse whereas actually female architects are so important and add infinite amount of value so it would be quite nice if that was um in in the in the meta space in the nft space so okay so we've touched upon these and there's a lot going on and so for anyone listening to this you're gonna have to keep going into the space because we're just we're just touching on the surface and i guess the idea is when you hear these things that i'm talking about or fatima's talking about you have to do your own research and you, you might agree with us you might not however let's talk about it 
with an architectural twist for a bit. Okay. Let's do it. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, architects in the metaverse, I think you started off with a great example where your friend for the Central Land wanted you as an architect there. (laughs) I think, again, your brain can go off in different directions, but there's lots of different ways to go about it well, uh, one of my uh, so i i work, work part-time at a company called Acra lowry one of the directors oliver lowry very successful he was like oh i can see nfts working as a way to raise money for projects like crowdsourcing I was like, wow, I never even thought about that. I see it a bit differently because I see it more close to, um, I'm interested in the architecture social. What can I do a bit like the board Ape Yacht Club? But then we have the designing in the meta space as well and all this stuff. So what are you most excited about on in an architectural sense that can be done with um, NFTs and the metaverse? I think definitely um, designing inside the metaverse. So there are about like a hundred metaverses coming out every single day. It's uh, really yeah. crazy to like keep up with with all the new metaverses that are coming out, and all of the all of them need design. I mean, they have the basic graphics done, as you said in the central line. The graphics are not that great, but I mean, the basics are there. But then yeah, you have yeah. all these like plots of land or states, or you have even sometimes worlds. And they need to be designed. Someone needs to be there to design those spaces. Yeah, and yeah. Like actually a fun fact, uh, I was with a recruiter uh, who was showing me how to use LinkedIn to, to do different things. And he was like, you know what, let me show you a crazy search. And what he did was he searched uh, LinkedIn uh, members, like people who are using LinkedIn right now, that, uh, that put that they're architects on their profile. Um, and it was like a million um, results that came out. And then he just put like a in the search to have metaverse as well. So anything yeah. related to the metaverse doesn't have to be a metaverse architect. So architects that are that have an account in LinkedIn and also also work in the metaverse. The results like went from a million to fifty, and out of yeah. those fifty, out of those fifty, about like thirty or forty of them were actually like on the tech side of things. They're not architects as designers. Oh. So like designers architects in the space were so little so so little like a handful i know, I know. do you know and how it's... i know that's how i found you for the podcast exactly that it's like there's like 10 people you know yeah 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 it's it's well, really well, really crazy well and we can we can hypothesize into why that is maybe practice owners are too busy they're hearing mm-hmm. about it but also i mean there's there's a marketplace coming up called like um uh, uh renovi right or oh, yes yeah, yeah i know about it yeah yeah so i was quite interested in that and i'm part of there and you'd be impressed with me i'm part of the telegram group so i can I'm just awesome. follow it. I- i'm there too actually <laughs> oh you see me join yeah i'm kind of like looking looking around a little bit of research you know okay. um and it's really interesting but the their battles with the marketplace is just it's just too it's too much for me because I was tempted like oh the architecture social it's a directory maybe I could open up a marketplace but then oh my god to go into like uh, token economy economy economies and yeah. yeah tokenomics and then like setting up a platform and all this stuff I spent a few hours researching it and I was just like wow this is just that's probably too much but. 
I think what I'm interested in it more is like a project like the Board Ape Yacht Club, where it could be on the open sea or it could be on Renovi or whatever. But I don't really want to go into tokenomics, right? I don't really yeah. want to set up a marketplace. I mean, how do you feel? Are you like me, where that's like too much or? Yeah, I mean, I think for your, I think it, for me, it depends on the project. So depending yeah, yeah. on how, what you want to do with your project, I would say, like, for example, for Renobi, I don't see it doing it any other way. Like, that was their idea. They wanted to create a marketplace yeah. for architects specifically. And I think that's, that's really kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense that they are, they're getting into all of that and they're investing in that. But then your project, it looks like something that you should go to board a yacht club. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, and well, and I respect that. And then, so like Renovi, if you're listening, I'm quite interested in working with you guys because they can support 3D model um, files, and that's the that's currently one of the because when when we talk about these right now, like so the Open Sea when you submit and you you mint, and so mint is the term, isn't it, for like making. An NFT. It currently supports a few image files. I forget which ones, but like a JPEG or a GIF. And so you get lots of GIFs and you've got a few movie files. Then you've got audio files and then you've got one or two 3D model files. And this is like, I think the, 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 um, the, the kind of the bit that Renovi potentially could solve because I think there's like OBJ format and there's like GLTF. Yeah, GLB. Oh, so yeah, no, you're right. I'm totally wrong. It's not even OBJ. It's this GLB, which I never even heard of before. And then I think it's like a it's a blender format, and that's limited to 40 meg. So that's a massive, um, that's a massive bottleneck as far as I'm concerned, because in architecture, models can be massive, right? And Decentraland, which you were on. Uh, it's like it's also like a crazily small size there as well, isn't it? And that's one metaverse, surely. Um, the central line, it kind of depends. Um, it right. depends on uh, what 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 kind of plot you have. So yeah. if you have a simple just one single plot, which is like a pixel, that's sixteen by sixteen, and yeah. that gives you limitations of the amount of triangles or polygons that you can have inside, and it also gives you um, limits in terms of height and like everything. But if you have a bigger plot, then you can have bigger projects. So that kind right, of like God, yeah. that kind of goes along with how much you invest in it. The the more you invest, the bigger you can go. So got you. Okay, yeah. that's really that's interesting. Um, yeah. hmm. But the so, Centerline is not really a marketplace. I would say it's it's not like Renovi. Renovi is a marketplace, but the Centerline is like a metaverse where the things that you buy from the marketplace are actually yeah. put into experience. Well, I think um, who who knows, right? But um, for me, yeah, the marketplace thing is just too deep. I kind of looked into it. It's really interesting because you can do it if you want to. And I'm going to sound really geeky to list this year, but if you get like um, smart contracts, I think you can set up a marketplace. But what is the point in setting up for me setting up a marketplace when you've got people like that doing a marketplace and also like you can have marketplaces for the marketplaces of the marketplaces right yeah. and and the other thing where i'm going with is that while we're talking about beautiful nfts like the board ape yacht club's kind of cool but then you've got and for anyone listening to the board ape yacht uh, me talk about this and go, what the heck am i on about then the artwork in there is apes. Mm 
but then you get like loads of NFTs with apes. So it's like the angry ape yacht club, the da 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 da, and some of them are official and some of them are not. And so, <clears throat> and like unlike crypto punks, you've got like crypto funks, and that's like an unofficial adaptation yeah. on it. So, uh, I think what's really interesting is then the marketplace puts their own value on them, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not as valuable as the original ones, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is for the amazing NFTs that are out there, there's just also there's a lot of NFTs which, in my opinion, offer no value or they're not that good. And some of them, it's like there was one I was looking at and the guy was giving them away for free and they were pictures of sea containers in architecture and they weren't particularly done really well and they were crappy photoshops you know yeah. of these things and i was like that's just rubbish but how do you feel do you think that also there's a lot of junk out there as well on OpenSea? yeah definitely Definitely, there is a lot of yeah. junk out there. I mean, it's it's open, so that's why there is, you also have these marketplaces that are curated, and you can get on them when you want to see yeah. things that are a bit filtered. I mean, you you have places where, and, and I and I like that, you know, yeah. because I like giving the opportunity to everyone to do what they want to yeah, do, yeah. and you, you never know because maybe something that to you might be like rubbish yeah. to someone, it could be something very interesting. You know, totally. So yeah. I I, I wouldn't want to take that opportunity from that person to to mint whatever they wanted they want to mint or whatever they want to show to the world and i think that's really cool to have the balance that's why it's really nice that we have so many marketplaces because they're ones that are totally open you can do whatever you want on it and they're very yeah. specific ones uh where they're curated and you have um you you can find what you want exactly there well said well said so i guess it goes up to the the powers that be or karma for people to put their own value on there yeah. And, and that's the kind of the super exciting bit and the scary bit, isn't it? So it's like I was hearing stories. I was reading stories, I should say, uh, you know, the crypto punk guys, which is the most as far as I'm aware, apart from people who's an artist, the crypto punk project is like super high value. But they were giving them away in 2017. No one wanted them, you know, yeah. and that's and that's also the interesting bit that I see is that. Say now I do a project, the interesting bit which keeps it alive in my head is the royalties, which is mad. The royalties are amazing. So you could sell your first week uh, piece of work for $100, but say now that that piece that you someone bought from you for $100 sells for $1,000, you will you if you set a royalty of fifteen percent, you get another hundred dollars every time it's sold, yeah. and I think that is such an awesome way to incentivize artists. I mean, do you get excited about the royalties as well? Definitely, I think it's like the revolutionary thing about NFTs yeah. uh, in terms yeah. of art specifically. I think, and and that's why we have this huge movement of artists moving into the NFT space. The royalties are a game changer. Like I, I, I totally agree on that. I think it's the best thing that could have happened. Yeah, I think this, like, to me, what is interesting about it because if you sell like a membership mm -hmm. um, token, then you know you could actually have like a, a membership which keeps repeating because when it's sold, 
the person keeps getting the royalties. So it's really interesting way of like saying, oh, if, if I set up a club and there's 10,000 memberships and people keep trading them, the royalties would keep paying for the club. Or maybe they don't, but it's a really interesting experiment on, you know, how to do it. And I, I just right. think it's, I just think it's like so revolutionary because yeah, normally it's the other way around, but, and you tell me this because you've experimented in the space, but actually lots of these different um, marketplaces, lots of these different stores have different fees, don't they? So, and that's what we should say. So there's a fee on the website listing as well as the royalty, but the fee is it that the fee is just for the first time listing or is it, does it go on? Do you know much more about that Fatima? Yeah. I think that, that the, do you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hear I me? can hear you. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So I think that depends on the platform. So on OpenSea, okay. you can create a collection. And once you create your own, your collection, you pay the first time when you're minting in that collection and everything else, you don't have to, you don't have to pay. Yeah. But there are other ones that you have to pay two gas fees, one for listing and then the other one for minting. And they can be really, really high prices and right. <laughs> very unsustainable as well. So um, you have to be very careful with that. And um, OpenSea is, is a great place to start, obviously, because you don't have to pay much. And right now on OpenSea, you have Polygon as well. So that's really good because Polygon gas fees are really low. So if you're, if you're planning to just start to test out something, I would say, that's the best place, like the most accessible, most um, cost-worthy place to start. Um, okay, but, then, cool. but then you have the other ones, like for example, on foundation, you can go up to like $300, $500 uh, between minting and listing. So just, just to get your artwork there, it's $500 you have to pay. So that's a lot. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Holy, holy moly. Yeah. So you need to think about it. Have you sold any NFTs yet? Um, I think you've had, if I did, when I did research at the start, but tell me about that journey. Has it, was it been fun and interesting? Very fun. Very interesting. So the first collection I did was, uh, I did a collaboration with a contemporary dancer. So we took pictures oh, yeah, of cool. her. Yeah. We took pictures of her. It was really fun. And then I did the backgrounds. Uh, and the whole idea was like, well, let's try to like do something because she's a dancer and I'm, ar and I'm an architect. So like, you know, let's try to do something that relates our two careers and, it was really fun. We loved doing it, enjoyed doing it. And we released three NFTs and two of them got sold like within hours. And we weren't that wow. great at marketing. We were just like super new in the, in the space and we were just so impressed. Um, the first one was bought by an anonymous buyer that we, we have no idea who it is, but the second one was, yeah. bought, was bought by an artist. So like, you know, you can see their names and you can go like check out who they are. And we were so curious to know who, who is interested in our work, you know. Of course. And she, yeah. she's also an NFT artist. So thank you to her for, for purchasing our art. <laughs> it was really great. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And um, I imagine you'll have royalties then on the future sales of that. And that's what's yeah. exciting, right? So currently the artist or Mr. Anonymous owns that right now. Mm -hmm. But if they sell it in the future, then you will also get a cut of that, which yeah. is to me massive. It's huge, isn't it? It's like it's so big a deal um, that it really helps. Do you mind if I ask what is your royalties that you put? Is it 10% like open seas? I put 15 Yes. Oh, good for yeah. you. Got to be ballsy, haven't you? Yeah. Huh? So different yeah. platforms, different uh, royalty fees. 15 sounds all right. I mean, 
yeah, and it's interesting because the buyer doesn't really know what the royalties are till they buy it, right? Um, is that correct? Yeah, but um, I, I think that they it doesn't really matter for them because they can just take that into account when they're reselling it, you know? Yeah, like put the price higher. Yeah, exactly. And, hey, um, yeah, whatever works, isn't the it? The artists that bought, bought our work, we found it super interesting. I mean, at first we were like, I mean, this might happen to anyone, so I'm going to tell the story. She bought it, and the next day she put it for sale at 3.5 Ethereums. So, Yo, holy moly. So you were just moly, like, you know, like, we were just yeah, like, you, you, you were just 3.5 Ethereum. So yeah. in my head, roughly, um, and I'm sorry, because I'm, br- yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's, it's a lot of money. I wouldn't um, be offended because the, the, that's the thing, because before you might be like, wow, I'm outraged. But then when you're getting 15% back, you're kind of like, kind of hope she sells it for 3.5 because then you would effectively make 15%. So you're making like, you know, a lot. You're making like what, half an Ethereum or whatever. It's a lot exactly. of money. Exactly. I mean, um, the first the first reaction I had was like fury. I was just like, oh my God, she's just trying to like, you know. Um, Until you realize you're 15%. Know, you know? <laughs> and no, I, it wasn't actually about the 15% that made me feel okay. like, oh no, she's actually trying to help us. Which at the end she was obviously being another artist. I think she's just trying to support our project and what we're doing. Yeah, she really yeah. liked it. So uh, what that does is it brings your floor pl- price higher and that helps you sell faster. And so it helps what, you sell it, higher your, your next artwork. Okay, you can help me with this then, because I'm not, yeah. I, I don't fully understand the floor plan. Floor plan? Floor, floor plan? price. Floor, floor, floor price. Pri- my gosh, I'm getting a floor plan. What am I on about, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, tell me about the floor price for anyone listening. What does that mean? So basically the floor price is the price, uh, the average price of the NFTs that you've had that has been sold. So, yep. um, like, like, or, 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 or are on sale. So like it gives yep. you the average value of your NFT collection. Okay. And what happens is it can be a great thing or it can be a bad thing. Because for example, with these generative arts, uh, or PFP style, um, projects, you have t- 10,000, uh, NFTs being sold on the market and someone might mm. just like put it for sale really below market price and that brings down your um brings down your fl- floor price and everyone else has to follow that floor price if not you're not selling so that can be really dangerous but if someone really likes your project and wants to boost it then they can bring the price really high and that brings your floor price higher which means that your next nft could be sold at a higher price okay so you kind of want the trend of the you do want the floor price to go higher right Yes, you want it to be higher, exactly. And it's like the average price um, at which your your NFTs are being sold or are sold. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. So, mm, and so food for thought there. So what would your advice be for anyone that hasn't got it, is, is, is what was thinking of doing a bit of research, where should they start at the moment? Mm-hmm. I think that the first um, the first thing I did was YouTube. I watched a lot of videos, but yeah. I don't think there is anything more important when you're researching than actually experiencing things. Yeah, you're so, right. So um, I would try to invest, even if it's just like the littlest amount that I could and try to test it out, you know, like um, just going on, for example, like right now on Decentraland, you can go as a guest. Uh, you don't need to connect any wallets or anything like that. So you yeah, can just yeah. go explore the world 
and it's not just the central land. There are like millions of uh, of uh, metaverses out there that I would suggest you to check out. Um, I would just like categorize them into two parts. They're the ones that use voxels and they're the more realistic ones. And um, definitely like what I would do is just try to go check on each of each of them, just like get a hang of the space, um, try to mint my first NFT, like see how that process works. Um, but also like YouTube has been my savior in the space for sure, because I, I, I love that interaction, you know, like, I mean, reading articles was really good too. I, I read a lot of articles when I started out, but that, that interactive YouTube or podcast thing, that's just way more interesting for me because I learn a lot more that way. Very interesting. A very good advice there. I think, um, for me, there's two sides to it. There's, I mean, there's research in general, but then you can research almost like from an investment standpoint, but then you can also research from the designer and all of us, you know, that reason that we went into architecture. And I think that that side's really interesting. So, you know, like what, what NFT can you create that makes value? And I think research is so important because sometimes some ideas have failed. Maybe, um, uh, I, I was, it was really interesting. I was, I stumbled upon an NFT when I was researching the marketplaces and someone had built the NFT and the tokenomics and all this stuff. And it didn't go so well. And it was really interesting seeing that journey going into their telegram. So telegram's like an app for anyone listening. Um, and seeing people lose interest and and that's um that was quite fascinating to see to go back and see the journey of the hype then things going wrong and then people losing interest and also you've got the other way some of you like you can see people talking about cryptos years ago and um it's it's very interesting and the other thing i would like to add just before we open the convo up again is um it's a mad because you know the way you said about LinkedIn, you search architects, then NFT, and there's like 10 people. That's how I found you. Then also, it's the same thing on YouTube. There's like millions of in, um, videos on NFTs. But if you type NFTs and architecture, there's like yeah. four. And there's yeah. like three good ones or two good yeah. ones. And it's by like the, the two biggest channels ever, you know, yeah. and it'll be like... Um, I forget it. One guy's called Blessed Architect, and he's like this great, like Indian architect. Um, and then you've got like another guy called How to Rhino, and he's talking about it. And I'm just amazed because I'm like, yeah, this like, this is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. where is everyone? Where is, is that, everyone exactly? That's uh, the same is, question I've been having. Where is everyone? And that's yeah. why I thought it would be good to do this um episode because bizarrely we're ahead of the curve but that's mad because in some sense i feel like the curve is not over but like the big boom of like crypt um crypto punk and all that yeah that's happened but um one story i'd like to share briefly is and this is to do more with cryptocurrency and so i've never invested any cryptocurrency never done it Okay. which is crazy because it's really right up my street. I totally get the tech. I totally am on board. I'm a bit of a geek. I'm interested in this stuff. I never did it. And in 2012, Bitcoin, it went from like with 10 GDP per Bitcoin to like three, 400 or 500. I forget the actual numbers, but I remember speaking with my friends in 2012. I remember it vividly. I remember what job I was on. And I remember going, ah, uh, 
we missed the bubble. I was like, ah, oh, I wish I invested some of the money I've got into it. I didn't do anything for years, and it kind of went like that, Bitcoin, didn't it? And it went up mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And then it went up, and I went, ah, oh, I've really missed it this time, and I didn't do anything, and then it went up again. And I have a funny feeling that even though like crypto punk has boomed and there's money to be made and people, the digital artists has made millions. I kind of think that if I don't do something now, I will regret it again because I feel like I've learned my lesson mm -hmm. from 2012 and now I caught wind of the NFTs. It took me a while because I've been busy i've been in my own space i didn't pay attention but now i've caught wind of it i'm like i'm not gonna let it go this time i mean does that story resonate with you what i'm on about of like where we are in the journey definitely i i, I think i i can totally agree with that and there is going to be a huge boom in 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 the near future honestly like i think that you know okay nfts had a great boom in 2021 but 2022 is going to be a bigger year because metaverses are coming into place in 2022 like a lot of new metaverses are coming into place and that's where the nfts um get their utility in most cases and so i think there's going to be a huge uh wave in 2022 as well about all of these projects and i think this is the best moment for architects to join if you want to design this future uh, world that we're going to be like living in kind of you know and yeah. there's a huge lack of uh designers in the space i can i can yeah. totally see that there is a lot of people that want to get their spaces built before the end of 2022 so like this this past few months are just like really crazy like a lot of people have been wanting to build but i think this this is going to continue uh into 2022 and a lot of people in the first quarter and the second quarter of the year are going to want to have their spaces that they've had for so long actually come to use and they want to build things on it. And it can go from uh, someone coming to you to design an art gallery or a museum or their headquarters or a concert space or a conference hall, education, whatever you, you, you would think that we would have in, in the real world, you can design that in the metaverse. So I think it's well not said. too late. Well said, well said. Okay, amazing. So we're kind of coming to like, a good tail end of that conversation. Now, what I like to do at this point is that any of the guests can ask me whatever question that comes to mind. And that can be one, that can be 10, but um, is there anything you'd like to ask me? Um, okay, I'll ask you about your, uh, your NFT project. Uh, what do you have in mind for, for your NFT project? Uh Okay, since so I will and, and do. How did I, you I'll find meet, out about NFTs? Okay, cool. So I'll meet you halfway. So we'll do the. There's two questions there. So meet you halfway because what I'll do is I'll show you like what I'm thinking after this conversation, and that's for your eyes only. However, for the listeners here as well, I'll tell you roughly what I'm thinking. So going along the board ape yacht club, I think that. Like with the architecture social, I do a lot of stuff like mentoring students, like how to get a job in the industry. And that's really like my strength, you know, that's really the, in terms of like getting a job when you're a part one or part two, or, you know, when you're an architecture student. And also, cause I've done recruitment for eight years. I've worked with people in um, famous companies. I've seen people go from, you know, being like a senior architect to an associate. So that's really what I can offer in terms of value. Um, and I think in my head, wouldn't it be cool 
if, for instance, there was a way whether there's like membership passes or something in the NFT space, wouldn't it be cool if people who had a ticket or who had an NFT could have access to resources which are private for members only, which will help in their career. This could be like weekly chats. This could be like a confidential space as well. But then also I kind of see um, in terms of not so much the metaverse, because I'm interested in the real world slash the online metaverse world. And I'm interested in like how they connect. So for instance, um, you know, if, if you had like an NFT um, that was done by an architect and you could find out about the project, that could be quite interesting as well. But how would you monetize that? How would it be, how would it keep, how, keep me going? How would it have a return for the person? That's kind of the quandary. But I think right now I see it as, a membership club which is more careers focused so the bit i'm interested in is like how could the phys um the digital how could the metaverse how could nfts help people in terms of like their real job and how that interfaces so that's where i'm thinking and i'm going to be really transparent and say i don't know all the answers yet but that's the bit i like because that's the space i'm in that's what the architecture social is so and I think I don't have all the no answers. one knows the answers yet. I mean, we yeah. are all just trying to figure it out. This is so new that no one has all the answers. Co correct. And that's, so that's like where my my brain's at, kind of work, work that out. Um, so that's the challenge. And where I found out about NFTs was, I think I heard it in passing, and I kind of, I scoffed at it. I was a bit like... I did something like that, you know, and it's just like, what is this load of rubbish? And then, um, but that was so uneducated. You get what I mean? I was just like, I just, I just like, I was, I just, I just writ it off for no reason, just being absolutely like whatever. And, and then a friend of mine sent me a meme and it was um, a, a work colleague. And the meme was something like someone's description on Reddit of NFTs. And it was like, so if you own an NFT, it's basically like um, seeing the Mona Lisa. And then to find out who owns the Mona Lisa, you have to walk past the Mona Lisa, go into another room, go into the corridor, go through the back of like the area, and you will see a little written label somewhere saying that the owner of the Mona Lisa is user XYZ. And I was like, yeah, totally. What a load of bullshit NFTs are. And then on the back of that, I think I was in bed one night or whatever, you know, when you're on your phone and I was kind of looking into it and I was like, what is it all about then? And then I got sucked into it. And so I was like, ah, and then I, and then I told my friend at work, I was like, thanks for sending me the meme, but you've inadvertently spurred me onto NFTs yeah. and their face was like, oh my gosh, you know, cause <laughs> I went back on the joke of like how yeah. silly this is. And I was like, well, kind of think something's there yeah. so so it was like that for the wrong reasons and i think i think what i did at first is i judged it too quickly and i think that um also i judged it by the current interpretation of what's there yeah. and i think that what's really important for anyone listening about nfts is like as an architect we um solve problems right and there's a space here, but what's really weird about the NFT space is like, 
I think that the NFTs which offer some value are the ones which will go further. And how you define that value is the million dollar question, right? That's Definitely. the interesting bit. So like what you said to me earlier, which is really interesting, and I said, you've got like the low quality NFTs. You're like, well, yeah, true. But, you know, people can decide what the value is. Mm -hmm. And that's right. I put no value on them. Um, mm -hmm. And then a CryptoPunk, um, and the, in terms of the image, before I think it would be nice. But now we know society has put 200,000, 300,000 on there. So yeah. there's a monetary value as well as a kudos thing, right? Mm -hmm. But where in the metaverse is the next value? And where it gets crazy with architects is that we design experiences, we design 3D space. And when you're talking about these online platforms, it's basically like being a video game designer, but you're not. It's yeah. world is like... It's so, so crazy. So, yeah, that's why I get excited about it for me. But I think with me, you won't see me designing the world. But there's, I'm lucky just where my life has taken me. I think that if I can do something which offers value and also... Okay. It's because, like, the social, I love it, but it costs money to run, right? So. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, well, if there's like a really cool project which can help fund the servers, help fund the time and get an investment and it offers value, then maybe NFTs is the way for me to go because it solves the problem. Maybe it fails, but mm -hmm. if you don't try, you never know, right? You never know exactly. And honestly, like, um, I wouldn't know how to invest in your project, Architectural Social. But then when you're talking <laughs> about NFTs, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to talk after this and maybe I'll be interested, you know? Maybe, maybe. So, yeah, well, I'll, well, I I don't really hide anything. And so from the public, if they gone like, Steve, are you keeping anything? No, it's because I just got like a concept and I fleshed out here, but it needs eyeing it out. And I'm I'm kind of there, but once I get the story straight, I'll release it in public because what I've learned as well is there's no like secret formula and there's no like, oh my God, I need to hide it because someone else will do it. It's more like it, the way I see it is like anyone can do a mar architecture marketplace. Anyone can do all this stuff, but there's elements which make it different because if they were investing in the architecture socials project it's because people know the architecture social and trust it or whatever right and when yeah. someone's buying your artwork it's because it's you you know it's because exactly. of the story it's your background it was as you say you were the with the performing arts with the dance uh your dance for friend you know and it's like yeah. it's all these little things which make it individual so people could steal the idea but then also it's like, I think you just got to go out there and experiment. And I think that the first person that does it will um, have a massive advantage, right? Definitely. Because they're the first. Definitely. I think I, I can totally agree with you. And I think that, you know, there's still time for a lot of firsts because as you said, you can specialize in so many things. And um, there are a lot of places where there's still, there's still time for innovation. So I would I would really encourage people to just like experiment and get into the space, even if it's just like, you know, for a little while, if you have the time. Yeah, no, fair play. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave one final thought. Um, and then before, you know, you can tell us where you are and, you know, how people can find you. But the last thought that I have is 
think of architecture student projects, right? I've done it in my part one, my part two, yeah? You spent hours on these projects. They're like work of art, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then what happens when you qualify? You show them in your job interview. And then what happens? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) That seems like to me an interesting problem to solve. Why why can't that be something, right? Why can't that be um, championed? Why can't that be something? So I think there's something there. (laughs) And it's funny because in my head, how many students have all these projects that are sitting on the hard drive somewhere? Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of them. Yeah, and it's, it's so, not just it's not just students. Even um, really high end architects, uh, they only get to build forty percent of what they do, what they design. It, the rest are sitting in archives. Very good point. So it's not mm-hmm. even just students; it's pro- it's it's practices. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I'm interested in is like that space and less about a marketplace less about claiming the people's projects, but imagine there was a way to kind of see those projects. That's what I'm thinking. So there you go. That's my kind of thoughts on it. Um, Yeah. Tell us about yourself. Where can people find you? Where can people reach out? Well, I'll definitely link in all my social accounts and I'm super happy to, to talk and assist anyone anytime. So just feel free to contact me at Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever it is. And I'm happy to help. And also, like, uh, I'm writing a few articles about the space as well. I, I publish them on, my, on all my social accounts. So you can, you can read them. And um, I'll be giving, like, more detailed um, research into it, specifically for architects. Uh, it could go bigger later on, but it's definitely just for architects for right now and how to get into the space and where to find, where to work and stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Fatima. You've been an absolute um, uh, brilliant guest. So please do reach out. And if anyone is struggling to find Fatima, you are like number number three on LinkedIn of like 12 people who do (laughs) architects in the metaverse. So if in doubt, you can find her there. Thank you so much. Stay on the line. I'm going to end the podcast now and we will see you soon. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Oh, I gotta turn my mouse back on. My mouse has gone. My mouse has gone dead during the thing. Don't worry, guess. I'll be turning I'll be closing down the podcast now. Thank you all. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.